Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee and a Good Vibe. So on today's episode, I'm actually reposting an interview that I had with Dustin, who has his own podcast. And this conversation was just so much fun because we went into it, guys. We talked about personal branding, what it takes to scale it, how to scale it in a saturated market, how to differentiate yourself amongst the noise and build a brand that lasts and has legacy and can scale into people. PR and media and brand partnerships and all of that jazz. So really excited to share it because I get a lot of these questions on my social media and I have been meaning to record a solo episode on this, but this episode came out and I was like, wow, it's awesome when your friends can just like ask you some amazing questions and you can just provide on the on the fly, you know, with passion and serve in immense ways. So I'm hoping this podcast does exactly that. And if you guys like it, you want to hear more of this kind of content, please connect with me on social and let me know what you like and you want to hear more from because that will help me with um, really making this podcast um, more than just a a podcast. I want it to be something that serves in immense ways and, and builds community and fosters so much growth for each and every one of you listening. So truly means the world to me when I hear from you guys. And I love connecting with you guys further. I have a lot planned for the podcast. If you're listening to this in real time, you'll know that we are in lockdown quarantine right now, living through such a crazy time. But when we are through this season, because I truly believe that we're all going to come out of this so strong on the other side, I have a lot of amazing things planned in LA with different guests and excited to share all of that. I'm also launching an exciting membership community with my agency. So if you are someone who's looking to scale your personal brand, you're an influencer with a personal brand, you want to connect with other creatives and like-minded entrepreneurs, definitely head over to my social media at Aisha Sarah and you will see all the details on this membership. But before I dive any further, I hope you guys enjoy this episode that I had with my good friend, Dustin. Enjoy. I always tell my clients, don't focus on the number of followers, but focus on the number of meaningful conversations and connections you're making on the platform, because that's what matters more. And also that's what matters more to converting an ROI from your personal brand. Hey, welcome to episode number 37 of the podcast. Excited that you're here today. This episode is with Aisha Sarah, founder of Grow the Social, which is a social media marketing and PR agency for personal brands and influencers. Uh, she's based in Los Angeles. Um, I actually met her at Ever Forward Summit when we were both speakers there, and we had some good conversations there and decided to take it to the podcast. So it was a really fun conversation, just very you know casual, but packed with value. If you're interested in growing your personal brand, your social media following, and knowing what to look for when pursuing a brand sponsorship deal, you're going to love this episode. Ton of stuff in there. I don't want to give too much away. Let's jump right in. Enjoy. Aisha, I'm so excited to have you on here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on here. So I have a lot of questions. If you don't mind, I'm going to dive into some of your background, how you got uh, going with your company, and then also specific tactics that people can use for uh, finding their brand voice and growing their social media and, and how those things tie together. Yeah, I love it. All about the value add. Let's get right to it. <laughs> All right. 
Okay. So first thing, uh, tell people about your company, Grow the Social. How did that get started and what was kind of your journey getting there? Awesome. So I know there's like the long story and then the short abbreviated version. So I'll try to <laughs> stick with that one. So then I always get very passionate about the whole journey because I always say like it was truly a journey to get to like the exact point where I am now in the business. But a little bit of context. So I'm from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So shout out to any Canadians. And now I do live in Los Angeles, California. I moved out here. Um, now it's about a year ago. And in Canada, I was working as I was actually in the health and fitness industry. If I go my first like job that it, where I was like an entrepreneur having my own business. And then I moved into the influencer space working with different brands like Bumble and Nike and CTV News as um, an influencer and consultant. And from there, just being more involved in the social media space and using social media to scale my online coaching business at a young age in, in college, I realized the potential of social media from myself just sharing my journey online and seeing how that converted into people being engaged and really caring about the content I was posting, that kind of transitioned into me doing consulting for different brands um, and also just being an influencer doing brand deals with other brands in the space and promoting their products. So through doing both of those things, when I started moving up to LA, I saw more of a gap, I guess, just with different um, marketing personal brands and, and consumer-based brands with what they needed for social media. And where I drive in right now with Grow the Social and my agency is we do, we work with personal brands specifically. So take your Tony Robbins, your Lewis Howes, the people who are entrepreneurs in the space who are killing it with their businesses. They, a lot of people, this is another thing with like the consulting work I still do. A lot of people think that it's them on their story every day. And like, yes, it is them when they pick up their phone and they talk to the camera, but for them posting on the feed, writing their content, doing those cute edited videos, that is always a team. And that's where my agency, Grow the Social, comes in, where we handle everything under the sun for a personal brand. So from social media management to the PR and outreach strategies to brand partnerships, so everything that scales a personal brand and an influencer in the space. Um, and then especially with the focus that um, I handle specifically within my agency is that PR component. So getting my clients on different podcasts, media outlets, um, doing things more than just a brand partnership with brands, but uh, brand activation. So being on a panel for like a Dermalogica or a Bumble and just um, larger ticket uh, PR moves like that. And yeah, so Grove Social specifically works with personal brands, but we are a full service social media marketing and PR agency for influencers and personal brands. Super cool. So it, it sounds like you, you, like part of your journey was you were doing a lot of these things for you, for yeah. your, for your coaching business. And then you're like, wait a second, everyone needs this. Like everyone who runs a business or has like any kind of personal brand needs these elements and there, there's a gap and they're not doing it. Is that kind of how that, how that worked? Yeah, exactly. And it really did evolve because in the beginning with the consulting work I was doing in Toronto, it was more like People were telling me like, oh, how did you, how did you do that? Would you coach me for an hour? Like on my brand, can you do like an audit on my page? Could you tell me what I'm doing wrong? Um, or how did you get that brand deal with Nike? Like, how did you work with them? So it kind of like involved from consulting. And then when I wanted to work, when I was getting bigger brands or bigger influencers and personal brands that were reaching out and needed 
help, it, it's shifted, right? Because now you're working with another clientele who they don't have time to learn how to do their story pretty or like make, edit that piece of content. And they shouldn't. They're the influencer. They're the content creator. They're the entrepreneur. They need to stay in that lane of being the creator, being the talent and have an agency do that. So I guess the, the model evolved when my clientele uh, evolved as well. Yeah, that's cool. It's like, I, I always uh, wonder, or not wonder, I like to ask people, um, how did you get your first client? Wow, that's like a lot. Because I started social media when I was like 16, 17. So very organically, because I was actually, if I go way back, no one even believes me now, but my friends who know me from when I was 17, I was obsessed with bodybuilding at like 18 years old. And like, also, you know, the whole movement with like the industry and the fitness community on Instagram, it was so different. I, I was like one of the OG Christian Guzman, uh, before Elfly was Elfly. Like I was in that community of like fitness YouTubers and I looked up to them. So when I was just like, kind of just sharing my meals and, and sharing my workouts. And back then when Instagram was new, you could literally just post your workout, post your food, and it would do well on the feed and it would get crazy engagement. And then now it's like, you never see that kind of content on the feed. It's always really pretty and curated. And then the stories where you get the more real time stuff, they didn't even have story then. It's crazy how it just evolved. But through back then, um, I was just growing my audience very organically. And, and through just sharing, I was getting the leads for girls in my university specifically. I guess that there was my niche too. All these things that we know in marketing, like I was positioning myself with that niche and speaking to that target market because I was talking about showcasing my meals that I would take with me between classes and the quick workouts I would do that would fit a gap in my day with my school schedule. I was attracting that clientele. So I feel like I remember just being in school and like onboarding one client and then realizing like I had like 15 girls that I was coaching in university at the time came very organically. I can't pinpoint like the first one even. That's cool. I mean, that's, I feel like with, um, like when, when you find that sweet spot of who you are, who you're talking to and the specific thing you're trying to help people with organic happens a lot easier. I think a lot of people struggle with, um, especially on social media, str struggle with getting any clients from it at all. And it's usually because they're too scattered in what they're talking about. Um, not that we can't be multi-dimensional people, but, but as far as like service offerings, there's, there's just so many things going on. No one even knows really what you do, who you are. Um, and then also trying to talk to everybody as opposed to talking to one demographic because when you try to talk to everybody, as you know, Nobody has nobody has that moment of like, oh, this is for me. Yeah, and I don't blame people as well because in my, I'm like very active on my social media and I, I talk to a lot of people and I don't even blame like other fitness coaches or entrepreneurs or people who are selling themselves on social for having that confusion because it is a chaotic space. And then people who are kind of just getting started, they see like they compare someone's like level 15 to their level one, like they're just starting. And the thing is, if I can like just do, com I love doing comparisons. It's like I have clients who are maybe an entrepreneur or a life coach or a health coach and they compare themselves to this life coach that's been in the game for 20 years. Like Tony Robbins can literally post like hashtag, um, 
personal development. This is my book. And be so vanilla with his messaging and, and kind of just like write a broad message because he's built that brand off of a foundation that has been there. And it's like when you're in the beginning, you have to be polarizing. You have to be niche. You have to be so pinpoint. Otherwise, you're just going to be like everyone else in this space. And it is a saturated space now. That's something um, I was listening to some of your uh, episodes on your podcast before this and uh, watching some of your videos on YouTube. One of the things that you said that I really liked is about uh, people getting scared of entering a saturated space and that you look at it as a positive in a lot of ways because that means if it's saturated, that means there's a market. Yes. Oh, I love how you picked that up. No. Because I just thought that was really good. It's so true. And I always tell people, it's almost like switching the mindset. And I know it's like marketing. It's like people want the growth hacks or the top 10 tools to grow their Instagram following. But yeah, you know, I get that all the time. But the biggest thing that I've noticed with a lot of clients, especially because I deal with personal brands specifically, where it's like, it's how they present themselves because how they present themselves is going to dictate if they, if they onboard or, or get leads on their social, right? And it always comes back down to their mindset and their why. And it's like, you have to come from an abundant mindset. If you already show up on the platform with that scarcity mentality that like, oh, there's a billion people or, oh, this post got 200 likes. And I'm telling you, like the Instagram algorithm is not always in our favor. And I get that my clients will always send me messages like my impressions were 20,000 a post before and now it's half it's 10,000 because the algorithm just weird little yep. changing things and I'm telling you it's going to keep changing um, less in our favor just with the changes of Mark Zuckerberg on the platform and it's like if you come from that place and you get defeated almost it's like your mindset has to be so on your why and who you're there to serve what your mission is you have to believe in your business and you got to pitch with like integrity and just so much purpose because then your engagement honestly will go up because I would turn on my, I would never swipe away from a story of someone being so like captivating in their messaging. So I almost feel like going back to like even more intrinsically to the, your why and your mindset behind showing up will differentiate the outcome you get on your social. How do you do that? Like when you're in, when you're in that spot where you you know, cause everyone starts with high hopes, right? Like I'm going to build my personal brand. I'm going to blow up on social. It's going to help my business. Um, and you start with, with high hopes and then you start posting and you get a little momentum. And then after a month, you're just, you're not getting the traction you thought you would, or, you know, you set a big goal to be at whatever a thousand followers by the end of the month. And you're at 47. Like what, what is, what is that? Uh, What's that piece, that mindset piece? How do you flip into that? Like, how do you find your why and stick to it? I think that's so important um, with like what we were saying about the brand clarity piece. If you don't know who you are, what you stand for, and what you have to offer, then no one's going to follow you, right? Like you have to know those three things. Like think about it from someone coming to your page. If it is not clear in the first five seconds of like what you're offering them, who you are as a, as if you were a health coach, like, okay, Great, you're a health coach. So is a lot of people, right? What specifically, who are you specifically speaking to for getting to the nitty gritty of that? And then everything following, like how you show up on story, how you write your feed posts. And like there's ways obviously with like, with like 
marketing with how you can make that caption more user-friendly and mm -hmm. stop their stroll and make them click to see more versus strolling by and making them captivate with a, a awesome piece of visual appealing content. But beyond that, it's like having everything be so streamlined and not confusing. And then that's also why I think with getting your, your message out there to the world, um, on the follower growth, I think I always tell my clients, don't focus on like the number of followers, but focus on the number of meaningful conversations and connections you're making on the platform. Because especially with the growth game now on Instagram, that's what matters more. And also that's what matters more to converting an ROI from your personal brand um, and, and converting, like we were just saying before we got on, um, it's more about the people who are like your ride or dies and the engaged yeah. followers. Because if you launched a product tomorrow, those are the people who are going to support you. Not the people who have a, who just follow you and double tap because they think you're, you're pretty or you're hot or you got nice abs, you know? Right. Um, and that's honestly too, one more thing like around that, that is like a perspective switch. When I see someone um, who has like 500 K followers, if they want to like work with Grow the Social, I'm not always like, oh, hell yes, we want to represent you for PR and help you on your brand. It's not always a good thing because sometimes someone with 500K who has no brand clarity is in a worse spot than someone starting from ground zero because they are now, they have this following of 500K mm -hmm. and people who don't really give a shit about what they have to say, they kind of got it on their looks maybe and they write a caption that's like an emoji and then they want to launch a product and monetize their brand. From the outside looking in, like vanity metrics, like cool, they have 500K. But from a business perspective, it actually, for, for my agency and like the, the goal that I always have for my clients, which is making them more money and monetizing their brand, it's actually, I'd rather work with someone who's starting clean and has maybe like 500 followers because then you're building off of the same part basically you're building off of the same framework except the person with 500 followers has less bullshit i always say to like <laughs> like if you get engagement or if you know like okay out of my 500 followers 200 of them are watching my story at least the 200 of them are there because they actually care about what you say versus yeah. 500k and having to weave through all of them and then when you get into like growth tactics instagram will favor your account and get you more viewership on your posts you'll, and your stories. If you are, um, they'll serve your content to people who technically like look up your content. Mm -hmm. So for example, like I get a lot of, like I see all my friends who are in the entrepreneurship space. I, their posts are always at the top because I'm always engaging with their stuff. Uh -huh. So Instagram will serve your content more that way. So it's almost like a better spot to start from the beginning with that like don't feel discouraged basically is what i'm saying if you are starting in the beginning of your brand building journey yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i want to talk about that like what what would what would the, the first couple of things you would suggest somebody to do if they're trying to build out their personal brand maybe they have you know they maybe they've just had a casual instagram account and they you know their friends and family follow them and they've just kind of been casual with it Maybe they have a couple hundred followers. What are the first couple of things you suggest that they do? Yeah, so I feel like a um, like that clarity piece is so 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 key. But I I always give um, I do brand deep dives with all my clients, and it's like we really go down and we have these conversations that really make them evoke on their why, their legacy, short term and long term, right? Because it's important to think on the short term, like okay, what what is your monetizing offer, like what or if they don't have that, it's like, what do you, what are you wanting to create in the world? 
who is this problem solving? Because it's all about speaking to those pain points of your consumer to lock them in on the sale. Because I say all messaging, it's, it's all emotional. Sales are emotional, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that piece of like exactly who you're serving, then you can like tape it all back. So it's like, you know who you're serving, you know whose problem you're solving, then you go into the emotions. Like what are their pain points? What is the solution? And that gives you your messaging framework basically with how you can speak to them. Mm-hmm. And then your offer has to line into that. But then thinking long term, because a lot of people have like, they'll come, especially you must know this with like the, being in the marketing industry, you know, people will just say like, I want to be a life coach. I want to change lives. It's very like generic. And uh-huh. that's awesome. That's like the legacy play. That's the long term. And we will get you there. Like to be a Tony Robbins, you've got to have a niche in that space first and then build off of that. And then that's also why I think, even in the beginning, I never, this is why Grow Social, like we do heavily in PR, in PR in the form of, I know a lot of people think PR is like Forbes and being featured in Forbes and the press and magazine kind of outlets. Um, but my agency, we specifically focus on like influencer collaborations and brand partnership because the brand partnerships piece is great because it brings in income as well in the beginning of their brand stage. Cause you can do, say you're really passionate about um, the apparel you wear or a certain supplement. If you're a health coach, then you can make money off of doing the posts and build relationship with brands. But on the PR side of influencer collaborations and partnerships, I see major merit there because if you are, if your name's Sally and you're a health coach and you work with competitors who are struggling with post-competition eating disorders or something very niche like that, um, then Sally can over here, we will connect Sally with people who are in her, her, in her specific niche. And then say Rebecca is in her niche and Rebecca has a YouTube channel or a podcast or really engaged Instagram following of 30,000 followers or 100,000 or 500,000, then we will work out collaborations for our clients because we find that's like such a beautiful way to grow with an aligned audience. So when Sally does Rebecca's podcast, she actually can convert maybe 10 of them on her program that she's monetizing. So I feel like my answer kind of went into like a growth way, but that's such a good way to grow in the earlier stage to an aligned audience. Yeah, I think that's really cool. So where do you think people go wrong when they, especially when they try to do this when they've never done it before? Mm, I think that people, and I never blame people. I always like view things with like, it's all, I always am very like loving and nurturing and I'm not like a tough love kind of person. But I think that just, it's not our fault. Like being on social media, we're strolling. And I think people will be very like, okay, I know my place. I know my why. I know this. And then maybe they'll have like, I'll have a conversation with someone and then they're like, so on it. And then they don't act for like a week. And then that, that conversation's in the back burner. They don't remember. And then they either don't take action at all, or they take action, but then they forget about their why. And then they try to copy someone else in the industry who's not the right person to copy. Like they copy the person who's been in the industry who has that engaged following um, and has that audience that they built who's at like level 100. Like Gabrielle Bernstein, a huge author. A lot of my clients look up to Gabby and it's like Gabby is at this level where she can literally post a picture of her eating soup and everyone will care. What soup are you having? <laughs> like what is that? Even though she her brand doesn't stand for that, people just care so much and that's a novelty to get to that point and everyone will. 
but you got to start with that clarity piece and not get distracted about like what other people are doing, like almost stay in your lane. And then also take action. Cause I think if you don't take any action, a lot of people get there. This is like what I see with all my clients. Like they just get caught up in it. Like, Oh my gosh. Like if I don't have this, it's like, they think too much about it. And then I know you want to be, you want to have perfect content, but if you don't take any action then you can't get feedback from your audience. And it's like, maybe you are um, in a personal development space and you think that your audience needs X, but maybe they actually want X. Like I was saying beforehand uh, when we got on, but even with my audience, they were asking me to do some podcasts of me talking about certain topics. And I was like, my podcast is an interview series, I guess. Like, you guys want me to talk? You know, it's like, unless you start putting out content and people are like, can you do a podcast on that? Like, I'm really interested in that thing you touched on. So taking action and like, I see the biggest downplays, like when people just think there's that saying done is better than perfect. Oh, yeah. Applying that to your social media journey. I love that. How much do you think, especially with like building up a uh, social following, um, how much do you think consistency matters? Cause I know sometimes like I'll see people post once a week and they have a great following. Sometimes people post four times a day and they have a great I following. And sometimes it doesn't matter. So I'm just curious what you think. And I feel like everyone has a different opinion. So take mine what you will. And I know Gary V is like the four times a day kind of person. So my opinion, and I even tell my clients this, especially with the way the platforms are now on Instagram it's a quality over quantity game. I, I feel like I think when I started my journey, it was totally different. It was quantity over quality. Like I can post anything and it would do well. And I wish I showed up more honestly back then. I, I should have been on every platform and done a lot more with it at that time. But right now I do think it's quality over quantity. So I think story it's posts a lot post often Instagram story is meant for that uncurated content, like the real raw unedited well, now they got those beautiful filters, so everything looks really nice. <laughs> I have so much fun with those. But with the feed content, I always tell my clients, like, if you are using social media as a business, like, yes, it is good to show up consistently, but I would say, like, three to four times a week if they're good posts. Like, I would rather you show up less if you're going to – when you do show up, it's a beautiful post you're proud of, and the messaging's on point to your brand and your business – um, and I just would rather the quality and the messaging be on point than posting a piece of content for the sake of posting a piece of content, but story, have fun with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. That's good. I like that. Um, that was more just for me. Cause I don't know how to do it. That's my opinion. I know everyone has different opinions on it, but um, I trust your opinion. Um, mine hasn't been working. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's probably similar to with, you know, cause I, I work in, uh, email marketing with clients. And it's, it's a really similar thing to what you just said. The sweet spot for emails a week. So it's a delicate game. It's like sales versus open rate ratios. And there's some, some brands can get away with posting uh, or sending three to four emails a week. Sometimes I just have them do one until they get really good at what makes a great email. So like if you have the content and maybe like a Gary V who has a team, he can post content every day, four times a day. And it's amazing. But the other thing is it's like, he has a team. So like when I have clients who come to me and they're like, but Gary posts four times a day, but I'm like, Gary doesn't do it. That's why. <laughs> yeah. But I love Gary V. He's such a mentor. I'm just saying, I like examples. I think it helps. Yeah. No, he's good. I'm, I, uh, 
I met him in a lobby like a month ago no way. at my office. Well, I mean, for like a second, I really didn't want to bother him and I didn't. Yeah, he was, I was, I was leaving, I was leaving and he was entering for a meeting. So I wasn't about to like have one of those fangirl moments just for his, just for his sake to let him go. But I, but you can tell he's genuine. Oh, it was, it was weird. It was like, it, he was one of the most, um, I wasn't sure how much, how, cause like when you watch someone on, on social media, you don't know what they're like in all of their moments. And even, even with as much as he documents, you never know. Cause people's personalities have those subtle differences when they're talking just off camera or on camera. Um, but I could tell the, the second I got off the elevator cause I saw him, but I, I was just going to go shake his hand real quick. And that's what I did. But he saw me from across the room and I could tell he was looking out of the, his, the corner of his eye at me as he was having a conversation to make sure that if I wanted to say hi, if I happened to know who he was, that he would be available to turn and say hi. Um, really, really interesting awareness level. Wow. He always says that I'm self-aware. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I love it. You could tell though. I always think like, with being authentic and real on your platform, your audience knows, right? So even going back to like the why and the clarity and like the intention, your audience will know if you're coming from that genuine place. And like with Gary, I never doubted it for a second, not only because he creates all like has so much content, but I always knew I was like, no, he's actually like super genuine about like the messages he says. And I have so much respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a difference. Um, okay. So now I want to, I want to talk a little bit deeper into like brand partnerships, like brand, personal brand partnerships. Um, so do you think, um, here's just something, just an observation. I think I see a lot of times people with growing personal brands will take on um, partnership deals that aren't really in alignment um, with their values or with their brand. How do you kind of navigate that stuff and what's your... Oh, I love this. And I know you like like numbers and stuff too. So like with all my clients, I'll put this in, in perspective too. With all my management clients who are like influencers and credible personal brands where they have a steady stream of income from brand partnerships, all of them, I always make sure that we're aligned. So I will not even work with an influencer who wants to work with every brand under the sun for like a paycheck. Mm -hmm. uh, because number one, your brand at the end of the day is every time you do that, like you take another brand and you lose your brand equity, right? With your personal brand, your audience is like, well, Jessica promoted this tea last week, this thing this week. It's like, what do you actually like? So with all my, brand, all my clients, our goal is always three to five. Five is even pushing it, but like three to four mostly three long-term brand partnerships, um, at one time. So, and with the reason why I will say three is because we work them in like the way I structure deals for all my clients is they're long-term. So we work with like, let's just use three, three brands. We love like Nike. Let's do, so that's like athletic. Let's take a food brand like thrive market and one more, I don't know, a, a jewelry brand. Say they use all those three products all the time then like we would lock them in on like a, a contract for like three. Usually if it's a new brand, they kind of want to test out the waters, which is cool. But after that, you can lock them in forever. Like our good friend Chase, like, he works with the same brands on his podcast for six months, 10 a year, right? Like yeah. he has that like long-term relationships. And that matters because as an influencer, personal brand, you get 
rewarded by your worth. Like the brand will pay you a monthly retainer and then gladly brands will totally, um, will totally renew that contract with you if you are converting. And that's the thing I always tell brands, like when a client comes to me and they're like, I really want to work with like a four sigmatic or something like that. It's like, awesome. Let's work out a win-win. It's always a win-win. It's about when I approach it as the PR manager, I'm always like, let's create a win-win for both my client and then the brand. So I'd always, and the, and the best conversion rates are always long-term because if the influencer is showing this like four sigmatic product they always use, or they're always wearing Nikes for their workouts every day, their audience like will truly believe it. Like, yeah, oh, she swears by those shoes. She swears by that mushroom coffee, you know? Um, so I'm kind of off. I guess your original question was how many I would say like focusing on like three to five, I guess would be like my sweet spot, but long-term long-lasting partnerships. Yeah. Just the overall trust value can matter so much for a long-term personal brand, like meaning anything. You see this so much with uh, people that go on the bachelor and bachelorette. They'll like, it's like, as soon as they get off the show, they're immediately like doing the same partnership deals that everyone else did last season also. And the season before that and before that, it's like this one, like a, just like a product that, you know, they've never used before, but they'll promote it. And it almost is like an, for me, at least it's like an instant, like, like, I'm not sure I can trust anything you ever say then. Cause I, oh, see, that's like the brand equity. and you work your, your ass off, honestly, to build that brand that is like, is it worth it for like, it could be $500. It could be a thousand dollars. It could be $5,000, but is it worth it? Right. Um, another thing I just want to add in on that note, it's like, also, if you are like a health coach or an author, like depending on what your business model is, I also would be mindful of that. So the three to five brands, mind you, like those are more for people who are people who are influencers or personal brands who've been in the space for a while, like a Gabby Bernstein, not even at that level, but she's a great example of uh, people who have their, their, their content not dialed in because now think about it. You're going to be posting like an additional amount of times, but not on behalf of your selling of your services, but your of this brand. Like that post has to get approved by them. Like we handle all of that for our clients, and that's the tedious, most tedious part. It's like sending them the content, getting it approved, getting their notes, and the brand will totally give you really specific. Like they'll be like, oh, the product is angled a little bit to the left too much. Get them to redo it, and like they have full rights to that because they're paying you. So being mindful of like what you're promoting. Like I have some consulting clients right now that are fully just like I, they've brought up brand partnerships and I'm like, okay, but on the back end, because right now our focus is your course. Like we want all your content to be around your course and like not even just like every post being about the course because that's annoying and that's not good for marketing, but being about you as the brand and what you stand for and your mission and what you're creating and the impact and like all around like the brand the personal brand legacy versus a brand like a promoting a product because that you don't want to confuse your audience. You don't want to just be like a, you gotta, a lot of people come to me and they're like, I want to do brand partnerships now. And it's like, it depends on where you're at in your, in your personal brand yep, journey. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so how do you, um, like, like how do you find a we touched on this a little bit, but, but like, how do you find a brand voice that is actually authentic to you? Cause I feel like this is something, this is something I struggle with too. Like I'll, I, I feel like in my, in my career of, of 
consulting business stuff. Like I've, I've changed, I've changed entrepreneurial careers like four times in the last five years. So I, sometimes I get so far off, but, but I feel like there has to be a way to create a voice that is me, no matter what I'm doing with, with the, like my businesses. I don't, that was not a clear question, but my, (laughs) but I'm, I guess my, my question is how do you make sure that a brand voice you create, like how do you create your brand voice to be long lasting? I think so. I'm going to sound like cheesy, but if it's true and authentic to you, like that is going to be the most long lasting. I feel like when people question it or they're just like more attached to it or concerned with like how other people Mm -hmm. view it, it's like, how in alignment is it to you? Like if you are being you at the core and speaking from your place with like unconditional and um, like mostly like being unapologetic about being yourself online, then it's like you let the people talk and like you'll let like any hate come and you'll be like open to receive anything because it's so in alignment to you. Um, And then that kind of goes off of like taking consistent action because then you can find your brand voice that way too from like the feedback you're getting and if people are really vibing with like some of the stories you talk about or they ask you questions like oh Dustin can you talk about like that transition you made and like how did it feel emotionally like completely leaving this full business and then then you can just speak from that heart and like if you didn't even show up and share that you shifted careers no one would know and no one would give you that idea and I always say like to treat your phone like literally don't let this like I know the masses are on the other side but like take this phone and and take it like you're talking to your friend or your client and the more you do that the easier it is to like honor that voice like for myself on my own my own personal experience with it um because I feel like I'm similar to you like we have businesses we don't really like we just want to be ourselves honestly and like share the journey because we're not we don't have businesses where we're like sell I'm sure we get leads from social but now our businesses are a different state we don't use this to like make or break and get leads but for me it's like I try to treat it like I'm like sharing it so I'm talking to my friends on the platform and I'm very like positive and happy and optimistic and sometimes I'm like oh I wonder if people think I'm like annoying or like too happy or positive but it's just like being in alignment like if I'm actually like very positive and I do a lot of personal development uh routine then I I I love sharing that and if I am being my unapologetic self like that's me and people will receive that in a way but then also when I'm like I have those days where like business is tough and like being the founder of like my own business at a young age and being a female in business like I should share those sides too um, so I just want to like treat it as like you're sharing to your, your friends almost would be like a tip to like help with the brand voice. Cause we don't question it, how we're going to articulate something or say it when it's our friend or our sister or our mom yeah. or our dad. But all of a sudden when we put the phone up, we do, we like think about it like, Oh, how should I word the sentence? Or, Oh, that sounded dumb. Or I sounded like I said like too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. That's really helpful. Actually. Just that one, like just perspective switch of, just talk, just talk to a friend and go. Yeah. And it, I know in this stage, like I totally can understand like where you're coming from. Cause especially like when you may not get like a hundred people being like amazing message, like that story changed my life. You know, it's like, you don't get that positive reinforcement, but then, or you do, but you don't get a lot, you know, it's like when you start to get more reinforcement, that's why it helps so much. Sometimes like when you get that message, 
Like I almost would say, like I screenshot some messages I get sometimes when someone will send me a message being like, you know, like I've been going through a rough time, but like seeing you constantly show up on your story saying like, happy Monday, happy Tuesday, like showing every day makes me feel really good. And like you get those messages sometimes and then screenshot those. That's my other tip. Like screenshot those good messages because then you like will be reminded of your why or like why you're showing up. And I think that like, even if you don't have a, a business where like you and I, like where we don't have to show up to sell or, or like to have the business in motion, like versus like some of my clients where they're a health coach, they're an author where like they, them showing up will actually dictate if they sell a course or yeah. sell a book, you know, I think like for us, it's just like thinking of our, our long-term play and, and just providing value and, and thinking about the people who actually maybe, some once in a blue moon, they tell us that it does make a difference. That's really good. That's really good. I need to start doing that. When you were saying that, it was reminding me of like, I was just thinking back on my own content, like what what has done well in the past. And I think one of one of the things I've gotten the most feedback on was a was just like a big failure story. And we you know, we all do it. We, we look at people online and we kind of just assume everything's going well for them. And not realizing they're just not shit. Like nobody has perfect days every day. No one has all of their businesses do well all the time and like linear growth patterns. And like, like for me, when I, I closed a, a business called Fitfly that I was running for 15 months and I had on the day I decided to close it though, I was, I just, I was journaling what I was feeling. Um, and I ended up sharing that and that got some of the best just supportive feedback ever. Um, so I think that's, that's really cool that you're saying that it's bringing me back to that, just being open about what it like my real life, like this is what the journey is, you know? And on that note, that's like very powerful. Vulnerability is so powerful. Like that, I know like directly that wasn't like a business play or anything. Like I know the why was up here, but I do want to say like sharing moments like that builds your brand. That's a brand like people now say in like a year from now you have a course like those people who vibed and felt connected to that post now follow you and have the stronger connection with you where when you do launch something they probably like love your content and keep following along the journey now when you launch something they're going to be so connected to you where they want to support you so it's like even if you're you're hesitating on like doing a post about like how you really feel or doing like an authentic IGTV about a business breakthrough or something, a tragedy you went through and just sharing something. It's not like selling a course at the back end. It's just showing up to like share that's power. And I always tell my clients, like when you feel emotions like that, like even when I'm like in a funk, sometimes I'm like, maybe I should go online and share this because people think I'm always positive and happy, but I have my days too. And like, it doesn't have a why, like no swipe up to do anything. <laughs> like it's just me sharing. It builds your brand yeah, too. That's really good. Um, okay. I want to turn the corner um, and talk about where, like, where are you at with, uh, with Grow the Social? What's coming up next? What are you excited about? Any big wins that you want to brag about? This is per- permission to brag. Well, that's uh- <laughs> Uh, I'm such not a That's why I like this I section of the podcast because I, I force people to. 
That's so, that's so awesome. I love the question. Um, so with Grove Social, I'm so grateful for the growth. Honestly, like I remember moving out here and being from Toronto and like new big fit, uh, big ponds, really, really small <laughs> fish, right? Like not even knowing where to like get started. And, and I've just been so grateful with the people I've had the opportunity to align with in LA and just like even our friendship, like we met through our friend Chase and it's just like, good people attract good people. So through that, actually, honestly, that's how my business has a lot of people will say like, how did your business grow so fast in one year and how I'm working with a lot of bigger, um, a lot more elite clientele, bigger personal brands, like some celebrity uh, personal brands right now. And it's such a blessing to be able to work with them and represent them as a PR agency and a social media agency and produce their content. Uh, and I wouldn't, a lot of people say like, oh, how did you get connected to so-and-so and honestly being a good person, showing up every day and being around, like connecting other people, like embodying the abundance mindset. Like I'm very grateful for our good friend Chase, like connecting us. It's like whenever Chase needs anything or a connection to anyone, I'm, he's always at top yep. of mind, you know, and reciprocating that has how um, my business has grown. And now I'm in a, a beautiful place where um, I get to choose the, the clients that we represent and take on with mm-hmm. Grow Social, which is really cool. Um, and a lot of the things that I stem from is if it's an energetic fit. Like if I truly feel aligned to their mission and why it's not about the following, but it's more about their heart and the mission and legacy, the brain clarity piece. Like if it aligns, like we can definitely help them get that brain clarity. But if they have like a business model, uh, it could even be like a product, but what's the product serving? Whose problem is it solving? If we believe in it, which is an amazing um, place to be in with the business. And then um, through like just working with different influencers, I've seen, um, a product that I want to create. So that's something also coming up this year for me and probably um, this year and next year. And I'm going to kind of apply all the things that I've been doing in the marketing space and the influencers that I've been working with or even haven't been working with that are in my network um, to really like launch and scale a product that has a huge uh, mental health awareness because with social media, I think it's such a tool that could be used for the positive And that's what I want to do with this brand. Um, combining that mental health component. Because I think, I know people frame it as negative with social, but I think it's a beautiful thing to connect people because if I didn't have social media when I moved out here, I wouldn't have half the friends that I do because I connected with them on Instagram and then in real life, we, we use that as a tool to meet in real life, you know? And then that's how I've met them. So I do think it's a powerful tool to used in different ways. So I guess that's my, my brag and my like oh, update. Awesome. I'm like, that's what's so exciting. going on? Um, where, where can people connect with you and stay up to date with what you're doing? Awesome. So of course, Instagram, <laughs> it's at Aisha Sarah. So I'm sure um, the spelling will be like on the, be in the, show on the episode. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, and it's in it's in um, all my social medias, like my YouTube. And then my podcast is called Coffee and a Good Vibe. Fun story on that. I'm all about the good vibes, positive vibes, as you can tell. And then I love coffee. And since I moved out here, I said social media has been a tool to connect with people. And I met with so many people for like coffee dates, matcha dates. In LA, we got all the best cafes. So like there's never enough. So the podcast started through the cool conversations I was having. And like I was saying, Dustin, um, we both do the the podcast just to Mm -hmm. provide value. So it's really cool to connect because we're like not selling. Like we were saying before we got on that, Maybe we should say like, go screenshot your phones, but we're very organic about it. So my podcast is just straight value. So coffee and a good vibe on all podcasting apps and Aisha Sarah on 
all social media. So say hi, because I'm all about engaging and connecting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat. Super fun. Um, one of my favorite things to do is just basically use these for me to get free coaching sessions out of people. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. This is so good. You had good questions. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll connect again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you.